Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do, to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am excited, very excited to introduce you to Dr. Jordan Wiggins today. She's someone who I've been watching for a while, and her education is incredible. She's an ND like myself, but she specializes in, because, you know, we were just talking about my demographic is mostly women, and Jordan specializes in female pleasure. And so, by the way, any of you men who are listening, you're hopefully Listen your up, lean up. in a little Listen, more. <laughs> Listen up for sure. See, Jordan, you know, you're just, uh, you're really amazing um, in the way you teach. You're incredibly humble, incredibly charismatic, uh, and talking about things that I think our culture, you know, really just brushes under the rug. And I've been working with women in my whole career. And one of the things we'll start out with here is that I'll give you my take on this. The way I see the modern day woman is she is everything to everybody, right? Like she's managing everything. Thing in the world, uh, managing the household, managing her career, managing her dysfunction, her mate, her partner's dysfunction, her kids' dysfunction, <laughs> figuring out everything, and also even in the bedroom, the way I see it is like they're managing that too. They're managing your orgasm. They want to make you feel well. They're managing their orgasms. They want to like feel good as well. They're just. It's like it seems like women just have this thing where they are taking care of the entire world. And sometimes I wonder as, as a man, I sit there and listen, I'm going to say, how the hell are these women doing this? And so I know that you teach <laughs> in this. And so I want you to kind of start where you want, because I can imagine most of the women who are my uh, followers who are listening to this, they're caught in this world and they're probably thinking to themselves, OK, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The first thing about this, I'm managing so many damn things. What do I do to get back to this place where I can feel good in my body, feel good about my pleasure, feel good about, you know, just doing for myself in this realm? Because it's such a core need of humans. And of course, women own this domain. It's like, you know, it's like they're sexual artists. They are the ones who invite us into this space and help us transcend. And they're having problems transcending themselves. And so... Where do yes. we start with this this conversation? And not when we are burnt out and exhausted and the pleasure centers in our brain are turned off. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. And I, I think that's a very excellent summary. I love it. That's (laughs) women are coming to me in that space where they're saying, usually it's like one of two things, but one is my marriage is on the rocks. Like I never want to have sex. It's the last thing on the list. And I'm just, you know, so exhausted that they're, they're doing it to do it, but it's like, routine checkbox sex where they're just doing it to get it over with, which isn't really fun for anyone. Um, And that right there, by the way, Jordan, that right there is something that is, again, unique to women, that they would literally give of themselves in that way. Like men don't do that. (laughs) I, you have no idea how heartwarming it is that you, that you picked that you know that and said that (laughs) because it's true that we would self-sacrifice to the point of it's like you can have my body you can enter me and I don't even really feel like it it's like just totally for your pleasure to get it over with to check that box to say that they did you know to make their their partner happy um but then it it's then we get in this like hungry ghost dynamic where no one's satisfied. Cause even the partner, like their male partners, usually like they want more, they want more sex because it's like, it's like eating junk food. You know, it's like, you feel kind of full at the time, but there was no nutrients. You're not really satisfied after because she wasn't present. She was waiting to get it over with. And like and that you somehow sense that. Oh, I think uh, totally energetically. I don't think a lot of men could, they would put words to it or really know that that's what they're missing, but they're looking to connect on a different level. They want her presence. They want to see her undone in her different waves of emotion or pleasure or whatever's coming up. And I like, and what man's going to say like that, that's what he wants, right? They're not going to say that they're going to say they want to get it in or whatever term they would use. But when they're, they're missing that connection because the pleasure centers are turned off, which we can, we can talk about, but that's, there's this, low libido, lack of desire epidemic that research says one in two women will experience sexual dysfunction in their life. I personally find that that's a lot higher. Would you say the same? Uh, Yes, I would say that the vast majority, you know, of my uh, female clients that I would say it's the other way around, (laughs) two and one versus one and two. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree as well. And that's yeah. also the demographic that I work with. So I understand that there's a little bias there. But this is a like, this is a big problem. And could you imagine if one in two men had sexual dysfunction? Like that? It well, would... they do, it, it, but it's in a different way. <laughs> it's it's not it's it's more it's more because they're not aware which you already kind of alluded to and i do think this is why you know men really need to listen up actually when i was going to have you on jordan i told a couple of my guy friends i said i'm having like the coolest educator on and uh, you have to you have to you know you guys are going to need to listen to this and it's so funny because more and more men are reaching out. My male following is growing, which is just, like, it's fascinating mm. because I think they want the information and they want to get it from 
a source that they are like, okay, like this, she's, she's talking directly to my wife or directly to my partner. Like she must get it. So Mm. they want to know how to help. And a lot of men I find are very well-intentioned. They're just as like, it's like the blind leading the blind. We've had terrible sexual health education, terrible. We either didn't have it or we learned don't get an STI and don't get pregnant. Like we, we had reproductive health education, which was layered with shame and like, it was not pleasure education. We haven't been taught. And then of course, the porn culture, you know, uh, it's like people think that whole porn culture is if you're a young man, Especially nowadays, like when I, you know, when I was coming up, they didn't, they didn't have porn like they do now. It wasn't, you had to like steal your, your parents' magazines and stuff like that to, you know, like to even see any of that stuff. So I, I wonder about the kids nowadays, like my nephews who are boys oftentimes ask me about that. And I'm just like, just like realize that's not real sex, you know, like, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a really difficult, uh, landscape. And I do feel, uh, like women are the ones having to navigate this. It's like they're navigating it for themselves and they're navigating it uh, for men. And and men are not necessarily listening, unfortunately. You know, you know, and and, and I think I think you're right, because there's a lot of insecurity, uh, you know, sort of around that or, you know, it, 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 at least sexually, we as humans, if someone says or tries to coach us or wants to guide us, it can be, you know, where, you know, people go, oh, my God, and they get defensive. And then then what does a woman do with that? You know? Yes. In that that delicate, even the communication part is is huge because there are people that have been married. They have children and the wife has never orgasmed during sex. She's faked it the whole time. And their partner has no clue. No clue. And she is scared to death to bring it up because of how it would make him feel. Yeah. And that just the simple fact that only one third of women reliably orgasm from penetration, like penis and vagina, the other two thirds of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm but the focus for most people when they're having sex is penis and vagina Mm -hmm. so and there's an expectation too which puts an extra burden on the woman it's like you know i need you that's why i say i think women are managing all the orgasms right so they're just like okay well i know he wants to feel special and like he accomplished something and it's a turn on to him so i'm probably not i'm definitely not going to be able to have an orgasm all of the time. And therefore, so I'm managing that for him, which puts her in a whole different mental state sexually that's different than the way the man is approaching sex. So now imagine that if you're a man, right, where you're essentially that, you know, now instead of just focusing on your own pleasure, you have to, you know, sort of manage this whole dynamic of I have to make sure they feel accomplished and, you know, and get them off and make them feel good. And then also, you know, I would like to have something for myself. And of course, what you and I both know is like everyone knows, right? Men, it's like pretty much stimulation to ejaculation. Like, you know, it's like it's pretty straightforward. And, you know, you look at graphs on this, by the way. I know you know this, Jordan. Oh, but you yeah. look at graphs, like they, men turn 15 and 
not, you know, it's like 95% have orgasms, you know, 95% of the time, like, and for women, it's not like that. That stuff doesn't even start to peak until 30. It's like 15 years later. And then it's not nearly as reliable. And I do think that, you know, women, you know, uh, that's why I like I like what you're doing because I feel like men and women both need to understand that. I don't think that they do. And so that then they then they feel like am I broken? You know? Total blaming of themselves. Mm-hmm. Women come to me with such shame, like there's something wrong with me. What am I doing wrong? Or they're I just must not orgasm during sex mm-hmm. because I actually think with proper education, we could change those graphs like there's no reason why a 25 year old couldn't female couldn't have Mm. multiple orgasms in a sexual encounter i bet you same sex like women with women the graph would look totally different oh because the focus is pleasure the focus Mm -hmm. is not penetration and they understand the dynamics of the female the female body Let's yes. unpack. Let's unpack this a little bit. I would love to know the, you know, uh, I would I would love to know the mechanism, the mechanism here, and 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 maybe I'll give you sort of my hypothesis, and you can correct me and be like, yes, Jade, Ooh, I'm Jade, intrigued. Jade, Jade, Jade you're me. wrong, or you know, Jade, <laughs> Jade, you're right, and you know, um, just educate me on this. But you know, I, so I don't. I've never, obviously, I've never had a female orgasm. You know, I, I don't. I don't know what that's what that is like. But I do know, physiologically speaking, that you know, we have threat mode, we have striving mode, and then we have rest and recovery mode. And so if you're, you know, to me, the way I look at it, it's like, okay, maybe you're not in danger. And by the way, you know, just for people to kind of hear this on, like, to me, I go like this, let's say we're out on the plains of Africa, right? And we see a lion, we're going to be in threat mode because we see the lion. Now, if the lion goes away, right, just because the lion has gone away, okay, we're no longer in threat mode, but we're still in striving mode, because we're looking and being like, maybe the lion's coming back. It's not until we get in the house, you know, and we're we're safe that we go, okay, now I can rest and relax. And my theory goes like this, that uh, most women are either in threat and striving mode for many reasons because of all the things that you and I just unpacked in mm-hmm. terms of the overwhelm, the managing all the things. And, and so they don't get to get in the house. So they're either threat mode or striving mode. And to me, I go, well, if you're not in rest and recovery mode and relaxation mode, how are you going to per- turn on that parasympathetic relaxation so you can even get in that feeling place and that deep sensuality that you want to experience? And so that's my theory. Now, where am I wrong on this? Where am I right? What other things do we need to be uh, aware of? I heard ev- everything right. And I wrote a book about it, The uh, Canary. <laughs> um, but that's so like that high level, then. high level. You got that mm. correct. They mm. have done MRIs on people's brains that when they are stressed, the pleasure centers in their brain are turned off or not mm. as active. And how that translates in real life is, you know, your partner you're washing dishes and your partner comes up behind you to grab your butt or give you a hug or, and you're like, get away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're looking at the clock during sex, waiting it, for it to be over. Like touch is not as pleasurable. Your mm-hmm. orgasms aren't as pleasurable mm-hmm. though. Cause those pleasure centers in your brain are off when you're in fight or strive mode. And like you mentioned, just with, women and what they do and how much they manage, how much of the invisible workload is on their plate. Like they're 
they're constantly going. They don't get to like coming home in the house. That isn't a safe place. That isn't, okay, now I get to relax for my day. Now it's like, there's a hundred other things. My second job is now starting. So um, most women, that part of their brains turned off. And that's what I'm working to do is to teach them how to get it back on. How can they have the career and manage the things and also be able to access that part of their brain and sad, like sadly it is a we have to micro dose it like we have to step wise get them to receiving more more pleasure mm. more good like to turn off that fight flight freeze and get them into that parasympathetic state where they feel good and they want to feel and then and this is in and out of the bedroom mm. so i'll have women that say like i just don't feel like myself i used to be funny i used to have more friends like they're i'm but i'm just like exhausted i just don't i'll cancel plans if i make them like i'm just you know they're they're flat and that's a sign to me that their pleasure centers are are off we'll be back after a quick break All right, time to talk about one of our sponsors. This one is one of my favorites. It's a long-time sponsor. You all know it. And if you don't, you are in for a treat. AG1. Now, for those of you who do not know AG1, I am very excited to introduce you to AG1 because it is one of the products that I've been taking for some time, and I take this almost every single day day. It acts as my multivitamin. It acts as my probiotic. It acts as my green drink. It does a lot of different things. It's an antioxidant and it has adaptogen herbs in it. This is something I use straight up, a scoop in water. It's also something surprisingly that I put into my protein shakes. It does turn those protein shakes green, but the flavor is so neutral that I don't even notice it. And it is a great way to get all these nutrients in. The things I love about AG1 is all the things I just mentioned, but the fact that when you think about it, look at all the different products it replaces. Prior to AG1, I was taking a bunch of stuff and it has replaced three to five different products for me. And so I really love this product. It is what most people would consider a greens drink if you just looked at it, but it is so much more than that. Now, I've taken greens drinks in the past. Number one, they tend to taste like swamp water. I love AG1 because it's a very neutral, pleasant flavor. And the other thing is, is that many of these used to raise my blood sugar because they put other things in it, extra starches, tapioca starch in particular, and AG1 does not do that. The other thing about AG1 is it does testing constantly on keeping its product clean and it is on its 50 plus iteration so they keep making this product better and better but look don't take my word for it really you should try the product to get ag1 all you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash next level drink ag1.com slash next level and they have a couple deals for you specific to that link. This is one of my favorite products. I urge you to get on AG1. It's going to be one of those things that you do for a very long time and be extremely beneficial for your health. Check the product out. 
drinkag1.com slash next level. And let's get back to the show. Yeah, you know, I know it's interesting, Jordan. To me, this is kind of like, tell me what you think about this, because this feels like it feels like almost a catch 22, right? Like, because, okay, so now you as a woman, you know, you're listening to someone like Jordan and you go, okay, I, I have to begin to rest, recover, relax. But you got a partner, right? And now you have to teach this partner. Like, you know, so, so then, this, yeah, so then there's rage. So then they're almost like, why don't like, you I've just got, know? I've got, I've got something else to know? do. Yeah, yeah, I've got now I have to do something else. There's so once there's this almost like realization and this unpacking of like now I have more work to do, they they're mad. And of course they're mad. I was mad too when I figured it out. Um so yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, but I find that relationships and desire are very they're feminine led. Mm-hmm. And I just find that that's like a universal reality that when we accept, that's great. And what we also have to accept is this is the dynamic that we've created. Unless you want to blow up your relationship or your partnership and go find something different now that you have the realization, which is not the option that most of the people are coming to me for. They're coming to me like, how do I heal what's already here? How do we shift that? Um like revive that dynamic. So it's interesting, but it's also once we can, you know, feel the feelings process, the anger, and sometimes it's not even directed at our partners. Like some of it is, but some of it's just society and the roles Mm -hmm. that we've allowed each other to fall into. And expectations of a partnership like a lot of people don't talk about these things before they get together it's just sort of like okay well my parents did it this way and your parents did it that way and we just sort of fall into this dynamic without being conscious or intentional about it or without like you know men realizing okay you want more sex well she needs to feel safe first so if she doesn't feel safe then (laughs) you're not you're not going to get as much of what you want. So it, but it's interesting because when we go by female desire, it, it leads to more, more for everyone, mm-hmm. more pleasure for everybody. Yeah. So tell me where, where this starts. And actually it's really interesting, right? Like you, you were, you were saying that, you know, a lot more, a lot of men, a lot more men, I can't remember if we were offline or online when you said it, I think, but you said there's a lot more men coming to you now. Right. Uh, and maybe that, that's the thing, right? Because that's, I, it almost sounds like, and that's why I was like, Oh, this is interesting. It's almost like a catch 22 because the men need to be educated and the woman should not be, you know, they have to, it sucks, but they shouldn't have to be the ones to educate the man, especially when it's one more thing on their to-do list. And so maybe it's a really good thing (laughs) that men are starting to come your way. You know, it's funny because there's a book that I love that's called Come As You Are. I'm sure you know it, Emily Nagoski. Yes. And, yeah, uh, she so just came a, out with a new one. Did she? Week. Yeah. Oh, nice. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait either. But it's funny, you know, it's a book. She wrote that book for uh, for women. I get, I tell all my guy friends, like it's, it is required reading for men. And the men who have read that, I think it has fundamentally changed 
the, the dynamic and relationship they have with their women. And so it is really tough, right? Because this is like, you know, of course, you know, we're talking, uh, for, everyone should forgive me because I'm a cis heterosexual male. So I know it's not just male, male, female dynamics, but and that's where I come from because that's my experience. But in that particular case, it just seems like if you are cis hetero and you're dealing with a man that he's got to be on on board in some way, shape or form, or can this be done alone? Like, can a woman actually do this work by herself? I'm just curious, like how successful are your clients when they have to go at this alone without their partner involved? Well, that that's the majority of the cases that I've yeah. worked with for the last five years, um, like specifically teaching this stuff on sex, pleasure and intimacy. Mm-hmm. It has just been with the woman. But when she has a receptive partner, they like the benefits are so much faster. Sky's but the limit, the, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because then there's like two people growing together as opposed to one. But the way I do it is like we're giving the woman the education about herself, about her body. She's exploring her desires because that's the other thing is we've been everybody's trying to get back to the sex that they were having when they first met or the sex that they were having when they were 20. And like your body's changed, your hormones have changed, what you desire has changed, what your needs, your nervous system. Like there's just so sex isn't stagnant, but that's what everyone thinks like, Oh, well, I just want to get back to that. Like when we first met and hormonally, and this is explained in my book too. It's not like that in long-term relationship, the dopamine and the norepinephrine, like those hormone release when it's a new relationship, very, very different. Like we're creating oxytocin connection. It's a different level of intimacy So those people that are trying to constantly get back to this are like, oh, well, this used to turn her on or this used to work. Like, yeah, okay, 10 years ago, very different now. Like, so, but there's a beauty in that because if we can accept it, that desire should evolve and change, then it's, it it creates that newness or that element where it's not going to get boring or stagnant because your sex is going to evolve and deepen. And the things that you can try together are, you know, a, you're, or you can order way more things off the menu over time when you are safe and connected and have communication and understand about like energy play and, BDSM dynamics. Like there's just so many things that we can do, but people are stuck doing the same, the same things, things. the checkbox over and over. It's, it's boring. Okay. So that, so this is, I guess, so now we're, we're, we're kind of adding a layer onto this, right? So the layer one, if, if we are listening to Jordan is like, Hey, we have to get you into rest sort of recovery mode. And that, and what, what, what's really interesting, I think for men is that, that's most of the things going on outside of the bedroom that even allow, like obviously getting in the bedroom for a man might be like, well, let's make love and that's going to reduce your stress. Well, I don't think that might be the true for you as a, as a, a man, but it's not true for the woman necessarily. So there's things that have to be going on outside uh, of the bedroom to help you yes. as a woman become more rest and recovery oriented, which like, you know, then I start, my head starts going. So like literally then me, you know, like if I have a partner 
right? And I am, and this is a question to you, by the way, like you could just, you can, <laughs> you can kind of beat up on me and be like, JD got it wrong or JD got it right. But that, but if I'm listening to what you're saying, it's like, okay, well, then uh, when you come home from work, you know, let's say we have a little one too, right? I don't have kids, you know, but let's say we did. And, um, you know, you come home from work and the nanny sort of goes away and I come home, right? And then there's dishes to be done and there's, you know, other things. It's like, rather than me being like, okay, babe, you know, uh, take care of the dishes or, you know, do, you know, do the cooking or whatever. Then I have to be aware, like a woman would be aware that these things need to be done. And I need to show up in a way and be like, okay, if she's got 10 things on her plate, I really should try to figure out how to make her life easier in, in a way. So she has, you know, eight things and I got four things. So I can, I can add a couple things to my plate and maybe, that takes some of the to-do list out of her head because, you know, I think what you're educating, which I don't always think about this because my brain doesn't work like this, is that women seem to have to-do lists all through their head and they're thinking about Constantly. all these checklists. So if I'm if I'm able to take some of those off and do it naturally, like I'm, you know, like, hey, babe, why don't you relax? Like I'm going to go, I'll go to the, the grocery store. You should like, you know, jump in the sauna or get a workout in or do whatever you need to do for you. Is this where things need to start outside of the bedroom. And, and as a woman, then how do you, how do you clue your, your man into that to let them know that, Hey, by the way, when you do the dishes, <laughs> you know, and take out the trash and actually run without to the being store, asked, without being asked when you do those things. And when you're the one who like says, Hey, we need milk and we need this and we need that. That gives me the space to want to go down on you later. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like in yes. A sense, that, like that, that equals more blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to text that out to my, man my guy friends. Yeah, I'm going to be like, hey, guys, just so you know. <laughs> yes. Well, and then so but then we get in this whole other layer. Like it's like messy. And I mean, I'm working on not loving mess. <laughs> but um, so so we have men and they're well-intentioned and they're like, yeah, like I, I want to help my wife feel less stressed and I want to connect and show her how much I love her physically. But then sometimes he goes to take the things off her to-do list. But then because of how we've been conditioned as women, as a society, we pick up on that as a failure. We are failing as a wife. We are failing as a mother. So then her claws are going to come out, right? So there's just, there's so much story and stuckness and meaning that we make of it all. Um, so it's so not just then, asking, it's, it's learning to receive. Yes, which is what I also have to teach women. And then the man goes, like, what the hell? Yeah, because the way like, we I just offered to help. Yeah. I just did. Like, why is she down my throat? I just did something nice. So it's like, and this is why the tips online and stuff don't work. Like, if Cosmo would have solved our sex problems and, like, our relationship problems would have been you know, solved by the communication scripts that we're seeing from relationship therapists that you've saved and like, don't, it's just because it's like, it's so layered, mm. um, which I find fascinating, but, and that's why really we do need both parties to, to, to shift this. Like I, I have accepted the challenge of how can I help with just working with the woman um, and it does work, but it's obviously way, way easier if they're 
partner is receptive and understanding these things as well. But that's why I have like handouts and things in my program because she'll do it and learn about herself and her body. And then he can do it and they can look at each other's. And then now they have this whole new understanding and he's saying, so, Oh, like if she's saying no or turning me down or whatever, it's not a rejection. It's not because she doesn't want it. It's just because of these other things. So it gives them this whole new like language and way to relate. Um, so that's kind of how I shifted on both sides is my handouts and the dynamics and really just giving women permission to, for their pleasure. You know, you said something in there, Jordan, it's, um, that does dovetail in, into some of my work in terms of, you know, rewriting people's uh, programming. You know, it's like, it's, it's literally like, so step one is, yeah, get out of threat and strive mode the way I would put it. And like, you know, you have to pay attention to that. But then there's this idea that you said where it's like, you have to change your stories uh, in regards to how you are seeing yourself as a failure, as a good, what is a wife supposed to do? What's a, what's a good lover as a female? Like what's a good lover as a male? Like it, to, to me, it's like, there's so many stories that are buried here that really that's, that seems like it's step two. You're, you're dismantling these stories and you're, and it sounds like you're coaching the women you work with and the men you work with to essentially uh, reprogram their cultural narratives around sex. And it sounds like if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like that is this, is this have to be done first or is it done right along with, you know, some of the coaching you do about, cause you know, I do want to get into of course the juicy stuff that most people think they want. Like, you know, what do you do in the bedroom? How do you touch a woman? Like, how do you, you know, how does a woman ask to be touched the right way? But it sounds like a lot of that stuff, if I got your Cosmo, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a thing, you know, that you dropped where it's kind of like, well, you know, you're thinking you're jumping the gun, it seems like, because there's these two big things that Dr. Wiggins is telling us that it's like, first, you have to, you know, get rid of this constant stress. Second, you have to start dismantling these stories. And then I'm wondering, like, you know, is, what what's next? What's the third step then? Is it is it then once you start doing that, do you start, you know, uh, with with practicing intimacy intimacy in a different way, or is there another level? There then too? it's then it's desire, ask, receive. Mm-hmm. So we need to work on what are our desires, and that's like that's a little bit where technique comes in, but also a lot of us have to learn it for ourselves because we are so overgiving, you know, naturally kind of caregiving that we want our partners to have pleasure. So we've so focused on that and not learned how to receive it for ourselves. So a lot of the women that I work with, like for them to receive pleasure or, you know, teach them to have multiple orgasms, squirt, whatever, which is like down the road. And that's never their primary goal, but it ends up happening when we go through this process because they've learned how to receive, but Mm when things start to really feel good, they check out, like they get out of their bodies and go into their heads. So teaching them how to be present with that high sensation is really important. But how do they even know what that is or know what they desire? Like, how does their thighs like to be touched? How, you know, their butt and does it change throughout the month with their cycle? Like all all explorations that most women 
have never done. And even really men probably mm. to that point, like we're just so focused on genitals and this like script about sex and how it goes from Hollywood or porn mm. that we miss an opportunity for so much intimacy and connection. So it's, learning about what they desire, then it's learning about how to ask for it. And that's in and out of the bedroom. And then can they receive it? (laughs) Because that's another big, big block that even once they're learning what they want, and then finding the voice to ask. And it's again, in and out of the bedroom, because they could be asking for help, it could be like, I'm so overwhelmed today. Can you just, you know, rub my feet and listen to me complain for Mm. 10 minutes. Like that could be an ask, Mm. but also to feel good and allow herself to receive whatever she's asking for is a big block. Cause then we have the guilt and then we have the story. So it's all, and it's, you know, we're talking about it in a linear way. Sometimes it's coming up at the same time, but that's sort of, the order that I teach it and the order that it seems to work. We'll be back after a quick break. All right. Time to break into the show for one of our sponsors. This is a brand new sponsor, and there is a lot of neat research around this product that you're going to want to listen to and pay attention to. The product is Qualia Senolytic. This product helps to address one of the key discoveries of the last decade in regard to aging. As our cells age, many of them begin to become arrested in their development. These cells stop dividing. They become senescent cells, kind of like zombie cells, right? These cells that are just hanging around, no longer dividing, and secreting negative compounds that have negative effects on the body. This is a product, Qualia Senolytics, that addresses this effect. Now, you might think, well, okay, well, what about exercise and diet and fasting and cold plunges and all these things? Aren't these things going to help with this? Well, here's the interesting thing. We all age, right? No matter what you do, we all know that we're going to age and you're going to see the signs of aging. Research is suggesting this is because of these senescent cells and all these things I just mentioned, fasting, proper diet, exercise, all these things seem not to make much of a difference when it comes to these senescent cells. So how do we get rid of these zombie cells and help that middle age feeling that a lot of us get after we turn 40? I know I did. That's what this, that's what this product, Qualia Senolytics, does. It's like pruning the yellowing leaves off of a dead plant. It removes worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of the body to begin to thrive. And all you need to do is use this compound two days a month, six capsules one day, six capsules the next day, and you will get the effects of these senolytic agents to remove these zombie cells from the body. The formula is non-GMO, it's vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring into the combined effect of all these ingredients together. Not only that, this product comes with a 100-day money-back guarantee. If you don't begin to feel higher energy levels, feeling younger, more productive, and more enthusiastic, and especially what happened to me, 
less aches and pains. How do you get this product so you can take advantage of getting rid of these senescent cells? All you have to do is go to neurohacker.com slash human. And when you do, you'll get up to $100 off. When you use the code human at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash human and use the code human on checkout. Look, aging is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to do, even when we're doing all the right things with diet and exercise and fasting and all the tools we know. This is one of those products that is insurance on helping us age better. Check out Qualia Senalytics, neurohacker.com slash human, and let's get back to the show. Uh, I love that. I love that. So let me ask you then. So is it when you when you begin to get into this desire phase, right? It's like like know know your desire, you know, ask and receive. If I'm hearing sort of this this next formula, right? It's kind of like, hey, no, you know, so is that where women begin to explore themselves? And if that is the case, right? Like they start to know their body, they start to, you know, masturbate, they start to touch themselves in the way they want it. So, you know, then what happens? Because I know a lot of men might be like, okay, well, I want you, you know, but so how do women manage that, you know, dealing with a partner is like, why are you, why are you doing that? I know that's, we always need to tell them, we're like, okay, there's going to be a little like less sex as the Mm -hmm. emotions and the frustration and the Mm -hmm. learning goes on. And then I promise it will work out better later. Yeah. And then there's um, this whole thing in our culture that's really, you know, this might be me throwing a hand grenade in the room. So just tell me, Jay. Oh, ne- you know, but, never. But it might be me throwing a hand grenade in the room. But one of the things about me, like my orientation, don't I've been through all the different romantic orientations. So for me, and a lot of people are going to find this weird, I don't like, I don't know, whatever you do in your head doesn't concern me. Like if you're fantasizing about an old lover or like whatever, you know, like reading a, a book and fantasizing about the guy in the book. For whatever reason, that doesn't impact me. In fact, I've, I, I kind of would want to know because I, you know, I kind of find it hot. I would be like, you know, like yeah, tell me know, about like, it. Tell me. It tells me something about what's going on in your brain. But this is what we humans do, right? I'm sure. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I'm sure there's women out there who are just like, well, part of it is I'm fantasizing about. I don't know. Like, I think that's why Fifty Shades of Grey was so popular. I'm fantasizing about this other imaginary guy that's maybe not my guy and I can't share that with my guy because that's going to do xyz so there's so I guess that's the hand grenade I guess but all that seems like that's part of the exploration phase right And you have to take the guilt off of that to kind of basically no I'm human and I'm just exploring sexuality in the way that maybe I haven't been able to in my younger years and it's completely normal and I don't know why humans uh, get upset you know about that like I wouldn't I personally wouldn't take it uh, personally now as a 50 year old man because I've just I've been around the block a little bit. But I can see how people can, you know, that totally. would really be totally. a problem. There's so many hang ups about it, even to yeah. the point that I don't call it masturbation. Mm-hmm. I teach self pleasure in mm-hmm. my courses. And sometimes it's not even about orgasm, but it's about how do you make your body feel good mm-hmm. even like sitting at your desk at work like what mm-hmm. can we soften can you soften your jaw can you mm-hmm. get in touch with your pelvic floor and soften mm-hmm. that because we carry a lot of tension and stress there for the most part so 
but I can't even call it masturbation because there's so many hangups, so many stories, so much meaning that we make around it. And it's interesting that you bring up 50 Shades of Grey because it was one of my earlier podcasts, not even when I was good at podcasting yet, but it is still one of my highest like downloaded Isn't episodes is my 50 Shades of Grey episode. Mm. Um, so because that did allow women to explore or look at things in a different way. And I don't even think it was the BDSM parts. I'm the spoiler alert. I'm, I'm just going to give away a part of the <laughs> podcast, but um, it was because they wanted to be cared for or taken mm-hmm. care of. Like it wasn't even about the restraints or anything. It was just a woman like reading a story about a woman that got to completely surrender mm-hmm. and receive And that's what I think society is craving for women anyway, for the most part. You know, I've never read, I've never read that book, you know, uh, I think I watched part of the movie, you know, but, but, but that's interesting because I think most of us would assume, oh, it's about, you know, a a man would come at it from that perspective. Oh, a woman is like, Like maybe I should get some handcuffs and it's like, no, bro. No, no. it's like, it's all about the fact that she was taken care of and could just let go. Like I just got, I got a tingle with you saying that. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so amazing. Would, yeah. So would so would most women because we're mm. like we're on, we're in that survival, mm. and if we could feel like he's got it and he's going to take care of it, and we can like actually surrender, and the kids won't get left at school, and things will be done and taken care of, like so. <laughs> That's yeah, that was my hypothesis. And I think I must be right based on the number of downloads that that episode has. And I mean, there are some issues that I have with that series and like consent and other stuff, Mm -hmm. which I unpack in the podcast too, but. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to go listen. I'm definitely going to go listen to that, that particular episode. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll tell you uh, one thing. And then message me and let me know what you think. Yeah. Yeah, I will. (laughs) Um, You know, it's interesting because, uh, uh, this is the first time you and I have actually met. So we haven't had this conversation. Uh, many of my listeners, I think who've listened to my other romantic podcasts know this, but I did when I, about a decade ago, when I came out of my marriage uh, and went through just, you know, complete upheaval and remaking of, of everything. I did a, uh, uh, a survey uh, of 2000 women. Like I literally would go on Tinder. I got kicked off some of these things because they were like, you're, you shouldn't be doing this. But I, I did a survey and Tinder, Bumble, uh, match, uh, Ashley Madison, like all of them and asking women what they want. And, you know, obviously I was exploring and just like, because of some of my mess ups. And so one of the things that you might be interested in, I think goes along with this uh, 50 shades of great thing. Like one of the questions in there was like, what's your biggest complaint about men. Um, and there was a psychological, like what's your biggest, like mental, emotional complaint? What's your biggest complaint uh, about men sexually? And you know what it was Jordan without, like, it was like something like 60, 70% selfishness, selfishness in bed and, and mental, emotional selfishness, which I think goes partly to what you're saying. Now these were, this was like 2000 plus women. And it was like, selfishness, selfishness, selfishness. I can't not stand a man who's selfish in bed. I cannot stand a selfish, selfish man. And it would come across in different ways, arrogance, selfishness, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But it, it really stuck 
with me because that was the number one thing that came out of that survey, that women have this sort of disdain for this idea of selfishness, but maybe they can't uh, speak up. And it does go to this whole thing of like, you know, take care of me for once, you know, not just yourself. I I completely agree. And with, again, and these are gender roles and it's how mm. societies evolved and, you know, we used to have like men worked outside of the home and women were home and took care of the kids and the cooking and the cleaning and, and, you know, women didn't have agency or they couldn't own their own homes or have their own bank accounts. So I'm not saying that this is like the, like women couldn't leave those situations. I'm not saying that this is the correct way, but there was more of an equal role division. Um, And she like the caregiving and nurturing and like he made the money and she did the other tasks, but that at least was, reciprocal but the women's role wasn't really respected anyway but then you know fast forward and women's rights movement again i'm not against these things like so i just it's so nuanced but Mm -hmm. then women got the opportunity to work outside the home Mm -hmm. and they wanted that and they wanted to have some of their own agency and everything but at the beginning that meant well, you still have to take care of these tasks. So women could, it's like, oh, if I could go get a degree, then I'm going to find a way to get a degree and still do everything that I had to do and was expected of me at home. At home, So mm. our role expanded, it doubled, tripled, and men's role sort of stayed the same for the most part. And there are men out there that are, that there is more of an equal division and, and that kind of thing. That, and, Sometimes I'll hear like, oh, my husband's great. Um, He cuts the grass and he will vacuum or he'll do these things if he's asked or if I'm away. Mm. And like, but this woman's burnt out and her nervous system, like her stress response is off the chart. And then I'll ask her, okay, so if he's so great, why do you feel so bad? Why do you feel so burnt out? And then like, they can't answer me and they're almost a little offended. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not his intent to be selfish, but there is so much of the management in the invisible workload and all of that, that men like are not aware of. And if it was, <laughs> if it was so fucking great to stay at home or do all of these caregiving tasks And like, why aren't men doing them? Why aren't men lining up to do this role? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're making a really, really powerful and important point that is like, it's not something we, we, we will be able to solve, but it is something that is needs to be top of mind awareness. Our culture has fucked us in a sense in the way that this is, um, you know, developed. I was just talking to a girlfriend of mine recently. Who's like, she's, Totally single, totally happy, never been married, never have ki- had kids. And she's just kind of me and her, you know, talk a lot as friends. And she's just like, I love my life, and but I get judged a ton for it. And so even on her side, like, you see what I mean? So culture really has this thing where it's like, oh, yeah, she you're so single. You there's do, something wrong yeah, with you. Why can't you, know? you get yeah. a man? And yeah, but yeah. the the number of single women 
by choice is increasing. And it's because they don't want another child. They don't want a selfish man and they don't need him because they have their own money. So yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, but a lot of those women will work with me as well. Cause they, you know, like they're successful in career. They have like so much going for them. They've, they've achieved every goal they've set out for themselves. And they're like, but I'm missing that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had the same thing. These high performing women who essentially then come back and go, you know, but I did, I did potentially lose something, you know, and, and I, I crave that. And, and that's the battle, you know, sort of that they're fighting. So it's an interesting, it's really, uh, you know, obviously you've unpacked this. The, the book, by the way, is The Pink Canary, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, cause obviously we could spend all day with Jordan. I do want to ask you one more question, but just don't forget to pick up her book if you're really digging, uh, you know, sort of where she's coming from here. The final thing I want to ask you about then is like, you know, let's talk, let's talk about sex. Like, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about, um, about, you know, so when, you know, how does a woman, uh, and, and, you know, speak to men too, I guess, like how do we, um, create and choose, you know, cause I think sometimes you have to create the lover you're with. You don't want to leave them. It might not be purpose. Mm-hmm. You need to create, you know, this lover and, and, or choose a lover that now that you've, you know, you've essentially worked on getting yourself out of threat and strive mode. You've begun to, you know, sort of manage your to-do list and ask for, you know, ask for some help to clear some space. And you've, you begin to get in touch with your desires and you begin to ask and be able to receive. Now you're in a place, right, where it's like, okay, so now I'm either going to create this new lover and or choose this new lover. How does a woman go about that? Like how, you know, how, how does that now um, work? We'll be back after a quick break. All right. Well, I have a new partnership to announce that I am very excited about. And this partnership is with the next level human company, ButcherBox. I consider them a next level human company because they are doing everything they can to source the best quality meats, as well as source those meats from companies and farmers that are committed to sustainable and regenerative animal husbandry, raising animals in the way that they are naturally supposed to be raised and doing right by the environment. And it is just what it sounds like, a butcher box. Imagine you had a butcher right down the street from you that put a box together for you of all the best quality meats that you could find. And that is what butcher box does. They send them frozen right to your door. And the animals are the highest quality. 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, never given antibiotics or hormones, humanely raised. Grass-fed beef is an incredible source of omega-3 acids, vitamins, and minerals. It is one of the healthiest foods on the planet. Not only is the beef superior, but they also raise crate-free pork that are humanely raised. Also, never with antibiotics or hormones in any of their meats. They also really pay special attention to their chicken. These are pasture-raised chicken, heirloom breeds. This means ancient breeds, wild breeds. They never give them antibiotics or hormones, and these are free-ranging animals that can run out in the pasture and eat all of the worms and bugs and everything else to make their meat incredibly healthy. 
And they also do free-range turkey and wild-caught seafood. And this seafood is wild-caught, sustainably harvested, no artificial coloring, no additives, just straight from the sea. Your health is going to get better, and it is much better for the environment. If you want to get involved, there are two ways to do this. One, you can go to drj.com slash butcher box, and you can choose between three curated boxes, or you can do what I do, which is make your own box. That's drjade.com slash butcher box. And when you sign up using that link, you can choose between a free year of salmon, a free year of ground beef, or a free year of chicken breast. I love butcher box. I use them myself. I am so excited that they are now sponsoring the podcast. drjade.com slash butcher box. And let's get back to the show. So this I love, and I base this on Chinese medicine, Mm -hmm. like that we learned in school Mm -hmm. and like Taoism, the Chinese study of sexuality Mm -hmm. and like the, and the fascinating part about this, because we want steps, right. And we want, you know, first I do this and then I'm Mm going to ask for this. We want it to be nice and clean, but Mm -hmm. Really, if we're doing the work, it's about practicing being. So desire work in its essence or in the reality. It's not like, okay, so what do I want? Well, I want him to go down on me more, Mm -hmm. for example, because that's a common thing that women desire Mm -hmm. uh, and don't feel comfortable asking. But again, it's because two thirds of women don't reliably orgasm from penetration. So it's pretty safe to assume that she wants more oral. Um, But it's then they've got their hang ups on it. So the desires are something that are like they're like alive and you can feel and it's something that you can invite people into it's not like bossy or crusty or nagging right like a desire energy is creation energy it's feminine energy like life force energy so when when it's a true desire so or women will say to me like they come with these unrefined desires like i want more connection it's like okay great and you've probably told your husband a million times and he's like what the fuck is she talking about more connection? (laughs) Like I'm here, (laughs) you know? So we're not like speaking the same language, but when we, when it's on, when it's on an energy plane, it's different because then like my energetic body is speaking to your energetic body. And sometimes we're using words and sometimes we're using our body or our breath or like our senses kind of thing. But and I don't want to get too like esoteric with it, but you want more connection. So what is that? What is that really? What's an ask that we can actually ask and receive so that both people like feel good about the encounter and we just create it small from there. Um, 
I'm, I'm trying. Let me think. Okay, so she wants. I like more that oral. idea. Yeah, I like the idea. So, are you saying that you know essentially you start with asks that are you know maybe just like you know give me a foot rub like that's a small you know <laughs> something that you I desire that I want to relax and then it's like you know I don't know just give me a massage or you know um, take a yeah, shower like- with me and so you just go up desire and up and ask up. receive mm. and then we'll go we'll start small and we'll build it because mm. if it's like pleasure is like the like money and like energetically they're very similar so think of people that win the lottery statistics are that they're like broke <laughs> whatever yeah, however yeah. many years later um and it's the same with pleasure like we just can't we can't receive, we can't hold because we're so closed. Mm. So it's something that we start small and we work through. And, and a lot of times, cause we we're not good. We're not in touch with our desire. So we're asking for things that we don't even really want, or we're asking for a crumb of it. So then when our male partner gives us the crumb energetically, we're not really happy because mm. we didn't, ask for the totality of what we want. So then that leaves the woman feeling bad and she can't even realize she's like, well, he did what I asked, but I still feel like crap. So I don't know what's going on. And he's like, I did what she asked. I don't know what's going on. So it's like, it's this refinement process, but getting her in tune with her energy around her desire so that she can clearly communicate it he can protect, he can provide, he can give her that thing. And then when she's happy about it, then he feels like a man. Like it's, it puts it in its proper energy pole, you know? I get it. So it's almost like you're choosing, if you're with a man, it's like you're basically, what you're creating is someone who can be, who's going to listen to you. You know, like you're like, Hey babe, I need you. Like, I'm going to be very clear. So then obviously she needs to get clear within her head and he, mm-hmm. and she needs to create a man by having, it's almost like, I don't know, sex boundaries or sex standards or, you know, and compassionately, uh, you know, communicating those to your man and then allowing him to sort of step into that. Like, and then if you're choosing someone, I guess the best man then you could choose is someone who is not selfish and also is responsive to your asks, someone who you trust. And that, and that, that gets me to this place where these little micro, you know, uh, how would you even describe them? Like in relationships where these, these little micro abrasive, you know, uh, uh, encroachments on trust, which I would, would probably degrade the ability to ask. So if you're going to create a new relationship, you're going to have to, you know, allow them to start small and trust you and you have to trust them. And if you're choosing this from the get go, it's like almost like your radar needs to be up of like, you know, is he actually responsive for me? And maybe I need to like, you know, ask for what I want as uncomfortable as it is, especially if it's new, it's going to be far easier. Right. And so it sounds like that's essentially what you're saying, but I like this idea if I'm hearing you right, that it's a, it's not just like all at once. It's like, you know, get a small thing that you really, though, are desirous about. So it's got to be a full thing. It has to feel alive to you. It has to feel like I really would want this, not just because, oh, it's a small ass, but something I really want Mm -hmm. and then allow and and something easier than the whole shebang, but something that you really want. And then it's stepwise, stepwise, stepwise. And that seems that's really interesting the way that you 
do that because that seems like that could work. And it's a psychological principle, right? We all know, you know, despite that we're adults, like you do this with a child. Like you can essentially, you know, it's it's kind of like training your dog. It, it is like, like you know, dog you're, training. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like but it, dog but training. it's for both of us, right? Yeah. Like because yeah, and her trust has been eroded, and so has his. Like there's hurt on both sides, especially mm-hmm. if they've been in a relationship for a long time. So by doing it small like this, it bypasses all of those walls like it, it sneaks in there you know <laughs> so. yeah let me if i can ask you let me just add because i want to just make sure i understand this because it's important and it's and i'm also just very interested for myself so let, let's let's just play this out and then i'll let you go because I, I know i want to be uh respectful of your time but let, let me let me play this out so let's say um it, it would it work something like this right so you ask your man for something that you really want right and and maybe it's not even in the sexual realm, but you just ask him for something that, and then he shows up and does that. And then is it like, okay, I'm like, like dog training. Am I going to give him a reward then? Like, is it going to be like, I'm actually going to, you know, rather than just doing this for you all the time and being completely selfish, I'm actually going to be like, you stood, you, you, and I know we don't like to think this way, but it's, it's like kind of this, this uh, reciprocity style of matching and going, okay, you did this, you know, now you get a hand job or now you get like, you know, is it like that or am I, you know, is it? Is, it, is, it is like that in essence, but we have to be careful because mm-hmm. if we're going to give him something that he wants, but it makes us feel resentful as a reward, then, gotta, then gotta, we're going to yeah. erode yeah, what we're trying I get to it. build. So it has so, to be in complete alignment with your, your authentic, desirous state and something you might want to do anyway. Right. So it's not just like, I'm not going to like give you, you know, you have you do something for me and then do something I don't want to do. It's like, I'm going to have you do something for me. And then I'm going to do something that I love to do for you. It, it, is that and more it, like it? it? Yes. And it could yeah. even be your true gratitude and presence because mm-hmm. like if something was to be done for me and I'm truly grateful and it took some like stress off my plate. So like my shoulders are going to relax a little, I'm going to soften a little, like I'm going to look deeper into your eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. So it could even just be a like true gratitude and, and presence. Like you mm-hmm. can reward them with your presence. Cause we mm-hmm. don't, we don't even realize how much we're not present with each other 100% today all right so let me just do a quick review give you a final chance to correct anything I get wrong and then we can (laughs) we can wrap up so so if we if we hear uh Jordan correctly Dr. Wiggins she's essentially starting us out you're starting us out with this idea that we need to get out of threat mode striving mode women need to learn to get into their parasympathetic sort of state yeah, That's no pleasure. It, no pleasure is going on, and you're not yeah. broken. It's just your physiology. No pleasure is going on if we are in fight or flight. And by the or way, like, if, if you follow uh, Jordan online, she goes through a lot of this stuff a lot of the time. So she has lots of tools, tricks, and tips for you. Yes. So, uh, and then part two, part two of this, let me see if I can, oh, okay. So part two of this is like, okay, so now you need to, you know, go check in with your to do list and be able to start clearing that out and becoming realistic and, you know, sharing some of the load and, or, you know, uh, un- undoing some of your stories that I got to be everything all the time. So that, yeah, and that's where that's where we start with that is what are your desires? Mm, yeah. 
Like, what am I desiring? Like, how do I create more space? How do I ask for more help so that I can be dropping into that parasympathetic? Yeah. Yeah. And you, and, and in that part, you also taught, uh, were teaching us about the idea that it's sort of like this, this loop, at least the way I saw it in my mind is like, get in touch with your desire, ask, be able to receive, get in yes. touch with your desire, ask, and then we're just be repeating. able to receive. And then it's doom, 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 like that. Yeah. And then it sounds like the last part, which was really interesting for me, is then this idea of, I don't necessarily know how to, but it's sort of like a reciprocity, uh, a sexual reciprocity style where you're essentially um, allowing your partner to kind of step up and finding something that you really want and would really be amazing for you, but not the whole shebang, something, you know, maybe on the small side. So you start with that and you begin, you know, sort of, you know, creating this loop in that regard and, and building, I guess, competence for him and, and trust for yourself that he, he steps up. And you'd want to do that with whoever, if you were with a man that's new and or if, you know, you're trying to rework your, your sexual relationship with your current guy. Have, have, have I missed anything? Uh, you know, no, you, yeah. you in, in essence, like high level, that's, that's it. That's mm-hmm. the, the way that I found works to really shift things in the relationship, or it's a way to like really create a good new one. And, you know, I know for many of you, you're going to, you know, podcasts like this are always tough. I know I would, you know, get, you get these complaints because you're like, Oh, I want more. I want more. Well, you know, um, Jordan is incredibly, uh, you know, gracious in her teaching. So, you know, follow her at, uh, on her Instagram handle. It's at, Dr. Jordan Wiggins. That's Jordan with an I and Wiggins with two G's. So Dr. at you know at Dr. Jordan Wiggins. Her website also is what is it again, Jordan? So it's the the, uh, the pleasurecollective.com. Yep, the pleasurecollective.com. And so obviously you're getting a taste of the work, and obviously you can see how important uh, this is. Also for you men, uh, I mainly have a female audience, but for you men. Uh, don't worry, I'm going to do another episode just for you. And I, what's funny about women is they're going to be as interested in that, too. So you men need to learn a lesson from that because women will actually listen to that. So you you men need to listen to this. I am going to do an episode for you because there is, you know, men are getting it handed to them. And there are things about men that are are, are difficult and unique, just like there are you know things about women. So that will be coming. But um Jordan, thank you for your work. You know, um, is there any other thing or any other thing you want to leave us with in uh, final words? Thank you for having me. I love that you're doing a men episode too, because these yeah. conversations are so important to have. And just, yeah, my my podcast is another great oh, yeah, place that's right. to the Pleasure yeah. Principles podcast is another great place to deepen the understanding of everything that we chatted about today. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know you had a podcast. I've been following you on. I must have missed that somewhere. I've just been following you on Instagram and loving your work. So I am definitely going to uh, listen. Shame on to me that. for not uh, yeah. doing my my good marketing. <laughs> I know. No, I, I know. You got to market better, George. Yeah, that's yeah. on me. Well, and it's like it's a top two percent globally in relationships. Oh, so I'm sure you're. I mean, look, one. you're. There's a lot of, but that's bad. I'm about, like that. I'm like, yeah. oh shoot, that's <laughs> that's cool. You should, you, this should you be see how front and center. Yeah, and you know, it's like you know, you're just a fantastic educator, incredibly humble, Thank and just you. super charismatic. We really appreciate your work and really appreciate you being on. And just before you hang up, 
Uh, let me shut this off so I don't lose you because we want to let this load up. But for all of you, thank you so much for hanging out. And um, thank you so much to Dr. Wiggins for her time. You have been listening to the Next Level Human podcast with Dr. Jade Tita. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe and consider leaving a review. You make the biggest difference when you pass on your lessons and inspire others. That's why reviews like this are so powerful. Your words may be the only ones that resonate for someone else. Please remember the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. Always consult your personal physician or therapist before making any lifestyle changes. And finally, thank you for who you are in the world and the difference you make. You make.